0: This is Baruch Lurie, and this is the Baruch Lurie Show uh, and podcast. I'm with me, of course, is my friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. We uh, um, are dealing in such crisis times right now, and uh, I'm talking, of course, about the Gaza situation. And in Gaza, the Israelis are moving in and hopefully will end their uh, tunnel destruction uh, soon enough, um, dealing with a lot of these bad guys. And I must say, Ari, I... I, uh, through this experience, this war in Gaza, I am probably seeing more on Facebook and otherwise, um, uh, videos of the horrific nature of not only Hamas but uh, the Arab extremists, generally speaking, the Islamists, if you will, than I, than I ever want to see in my life. My eyeballs have crossed uh, uh, i have seen things that I just wish we could somehow erase
1: you need the eye bleach
0: i I need eye bleach, yeah, but unfortunately you need brain bleach because it's stored uh, in your memory banks and it's just you you know there was a movie uh, a long time ago where they they offered exactly that where you could erase certain portions of your brain uh for the unpleasant uh, unpleasantries of your past, and that would be nice um but you just you can't do that. We're not there yet, and maybe I don't ever want to be there because, you know, life, life is to be lived with your your bad times and your good times. But the point is that there's so much evil out there in the world of Hamas and otherwise. We, we talk about the evil, and, in fact, we even spoke a couple of podcasts ago about the level of hate in the Arab world that we don't know what hate is. We, we think we know what hate is. Hate is when somebody... Molests your child, and you now know where he is, and you're gonna you're gonna kill this mother effer, right? That's hate for you and me. But it's not so in the Arab world. Hate is a part of their lives.
1: It's the air they breathe. It's
0: the air they it, it, they wouldn't know what to do without hate. Uh, in the same way that you and I might, uh, I don't know, seek a, a, a you know quest for. Good times, um, you know, whether that's, you know, sexual pleasure or uh, by going, you know, skiing in Mammoth or whatever your recreation is, watching a lot of TV, um, you know, for them, what motivates them is hate. And the crazy stuff that I see with beheadings and and burying people alive, this, that's the thing I just can't I can't. Did remember. you see
1: that tape that's going around, the ISIS murders, that massacre? Yes. And... and What's interesting about that is that's not like news footage. ISIS did that, filmed it themselves, and sent it to the world as a reading card. Oh. Uh, you know? And,
0: uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I know, I know, hey, it's terrible. Look at, look at all the great stuff we did.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, it, it's so sickening. But look, we, we could talk about that all day long. And, and, and what we've now found out, by the way, speaking about Gaza and Hamas, is that uh, from the numerous... Hamas bad guys that we have captured, we have learned that they have been planning a big attack on Rosh Hashanah, which is about a month and a half from now. That the attack idea was that with their tunnels, they were going to do a um, simultaneous attack among the civilian population in Israel proper, kidnap a bunch of people, whether they're kids or uh, women or whatever,
1: just round up whoever they can get their hands on,
0: and then smuggle them back into the tunnels. Um, and either keep them in the tunnels or bring them into Gaza. That part is not so clear, but either way, to kidnap a whole slew of these people because you know kidnapping works for them, and uh, and thereby really create control over uh, the country of Israel. So you think about um, those three boys that were kidnapped, and I remember the the days, uh, that day that we it was said kind of in passing, three boys were kidnapped. And it was not even a news item, uh, not, not a significant news item. It was, you know, Haaretz or other Israeli papers kind of picked it up and told the story. And at the time, it, it seemed like, um, you know, news that CNN would certainly not pick up, maybe Fox News would, but but not nothing of, of great import. And it became the reason why this war started, the Gaza war that we now are, are facing. And... I'm glad, I'm glad that if if anything, that that at least their kidnappings and their deaths caused this war in Gaza, because these three boys, God bless them, uh, and for their memories and also for the sake of their um, bereaving families, that they know that uh, a great good resulted from this, which is to destroy all these tunnels and to avoid the horrific nature of what Gaza is doing now
1: and to prevent that nightmarish attack that could have happened.
0: Exactly. Well, that's the main point. And um, can you imagine uh, the the horrific extra killings that would have occurred? That these boys, in a sense, did not die in vain. Um, There is some consolation there. Obviously, the parents would rather have their children alive at any cost. But um, there is some good that has come out of it, which is that Israel has responded in uh, abject... Um, anger, and uh, reacted appropriately and very decisively. That's what we need from Israel. Now, it it, it kind of begs the question, right? Uh, you know, why is it that, in, in in essence, I mean, we were talking about this before the podcast. You know, why is it that Israel has such a fantastic army? Right. I mean, it's man for man, it's by far the best army in the world. It is super efficient, super effective. Super strong, super creative.
1: Best-looking women. You know, <laughs> That's true. I constantly <laughs> see these beautiful girls yeah. on Facebook and Twitter going, these are the women defending Israel.
0: It is very attractive, I must say. But, but, but putting, they're great soldiers. They're great soldiers, too. Very effective and very creative and also highly moral. As an army, wow. They have an officer's first policy. But it begs the question, why is it that, that Israel uh, has such a fantastic army? right and here 's the answer, because it has to it 's as simple as that they have no choice you know if if Israel were uh, situated geographically between countries like America and Mexico or between better yet Canada and France or or england uh, israel wouldn 't need an army. it could really focus its attention on just you know being uh, The Jewish state and learning about Judaism And encouraging people to learn about Torah Great
1: Tourism, museums, technology uh, A film industry uh, Universities That would be it
0: All of which Israel has But it would would be able to focus ever more so On those wonderful industries But it it can't because it's dealing with really bad guys And so it has this extraordinarily effective army that it's uh, it's required service, and not and not only that, but you know, not only are, are you as a man, for example, required to serve at least three years in the army, four years for officer, uh, but then you have reserve duty every year until I think 45 years old, and then that's like a month or two every year. It's it's serious stuff. Now it becomes part of your life, and people respect that the fact that you have to do reserve duty and such, uh, but nevertheless, it's a drain. Uh, and, and, but Israel makes makes do with that drain. And so, you know, Israel has this army that it has because it must have the army that it has. And it's born out of necessity. And you and I were talking offline about how, you know, why is it that, you know, you and I identify so strongly as conservatives, right? It's, it's part of our identity at this point. And... The answer, I think, is the same You know, to the question is, why is it that we're so um, vocal about our conservatism that we uh, spend the time that we do? And the answer is really the same. The answer is because we have to, because the bad guys out there make us the conservatives that we have become. The if
1: it, people on the left.
0: The people on the left, yeah. And and. and not all people on the left are bad, of course, but oh, liberalism itself is very bad. There, there's, there's just nothing that it offers that has ever been good. And, and that I can say as a uh, blanket statement. I, I, I agree that I cannot say blanketly, in a blanket fashion, that all liberals are bad people. Of course not. Can't say that. But I can say that every liberal policy is bad. There you go. Um, and, and we're forced, and we talked before, I don't know how many, I mean, 20 podcasts ago, 30 podcasts ago, where we said that you know we have this conversation that we're constantly having, and, and you can't see this on the radio, but imagine myself waving my hand kind of low to the ground. That's where we're having our conversations, when we should be having conversations, and my hand is now high up you know, toward the ceiling of, of this office, and, and we're not having that. And the reason why is because we have to constantly deal with, you know, little Johnny who's keeping back the rest of the class. We can't, we can't get ahead with these guys, and we must fight these guys. That We have to reteach over and over again uh, why um, individualism is good, why limited government is good, why uh, government handouts are bad, and so on. We have to constantly reteach this. And, and we're vocal about it. We're we even get upset about it. We, there are news stories that, that constantly are throwing these, what I call space invader type attacks. You know, where we have to shoot down these bad guys. I mean,
1: another wave of ugly yeah. aliens. Yeah, I, I mean, poor hygiene.
0: <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Occupy Wall Street yes. crowd type. Yeah, absolutely right. And and you know, when you play Space Invaders, and I was the kind of kid, you know, I, I loved action and such like that. But I was the kind of kid. That wa- watching Star Wars and otherwise, that I just couldn't wait till the good guys won, and then they would have peace, and they could really develop their society and, and become really one with God. But Eat their
1: swords into plowshares, yeah, And produce right. That's what we want.
0: That's what we want. And it it just they're not offering it to us because they just keep on the space invaders keep on coming down the the video screen as it were, and we we have to keep on shooting them down, and we're spending all this time shooting down these stupid ideas. Just stupid, and, and we have to reinvent them over, re argue them over and over again. No, here's the reason why uh, um, a voter idea is, is important. Okay, here, because of a fraud that they will inevitably yeah, again, ensue. You. Yeah.
1: minimum wage sucks. It sucks for you, it sucks for me, it sucks for the person who's getting it, and it sucks for the person who can't get a job because of it. Is it settled yet? Right. Next generation, minimum wage, equal pay. That's <laughs> right. It's like you've been indoctrinated now. Okay, minimum wage sucks. And we, you know, like you're saying, yeah. over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, Obama goes on on, um, the Rose Garden again, and he says, uh, I think three or four days ago, saying a speech about how the economy is moving along, Uh, but even so, it could be ramping up dramatically if only those wascally Republicans agreed to his minimum wage bill and equal pay bill and all the other things that he wants to do that are socialist in nature that never work. They never work, and, and yet... And thank goodness that they, they haven't been affected because it would be, we would clearly go into a recession if that were the case. That's the way that, that uh, Obama operates.
1: But, but it we forces are, us to yeah. do that conversation that, that you're making a great point that we don't want to have. You and I would love to talk about it. I want to talk about flying cars. You want to talk about music. Right. Wouldn't it be great if this was a, about listening to music and flying cars?
0: Right. I want the assumptions. I mean, you know, Obama talks about, and, and many liberals talk about, unifying the country. Yeah, I want, I want to unify the country, too. And I want them to finally understand, here's what works, and here's what we should all be embracing, which is a strong America, very limited government, very limited government, um, and a focus on God and individualism. If we have all those things... We we we're all on board. Then then we then the differences among Americans will be whether you like the Patriots or the Redskins, right? I mean, or, well, apparently that's the debate too. So bad example, but the the Yankees or the Mets or whatever it is. I mean, that, that's what we should be. That's where our differences should lie, right? But we should all be on board to understand that America is a good country, uh, that we are. That there's a reason why everyone wants to come to this country, and that. Uh, uh, and that the, the things that do work, and t- history has shown it time and time again, are exactly the things I just mentioned. Limited government, individualism, and God.
1: And freedom. You know, the big, freedom. The big F word. The big F freedom, word. Freedom is what we should be defending if we talk about politics. Right. It should all be the, – the arguments between liberal and conservative, Democrat and Republican should be an argument of do we defend freedom this way or that way? A little bit more this way or that way? Right. It, it,
0: so when we think of conservatism – we we are always thinking about oh uh, okay, here, here he is this guy is for limited government this guy is for individualism this guy is for um, you know more uh, more faith in the in, in, in people's lives this guy is against abortion okay that that's right I mean they are right but it shouldn't even be a question it shouldn't be an issue at all but that's what conservatism has come to mean and that's you know it, but it should never be anywhere along those lines we should all be Americans we should all be embracing this basic these basics. Basics of what works in human nature, we have established it over and over again. And furthermore, we have established that every time liberal policies have advanced, they've always failed, always. And the only way, now I'm coming full circle, by the way, and you'll see why, the only way you can continue to believe in liberal policies is to have a mind-numbing um, erasing of your memory, Right? That's what we talked about before. If you can conveniently forget certain moments of the past, such as the war on poverty, such as the New Deal, such as the stimulus, uh, and all the other failures uh, that have, have uh, wrought throughout the liberal uh, history. Or the books.
1: successes, Reagan, Calvin Coolidge, the reconstruction, of yeah, the, yeah. The, the American founding. That's right. You have to forget the good and the bad, and then (laughs) you go. Well, I guess this feels good, so it must work.
0: Right? They they always they always act as if it's the as if they just arrived on the planet. That's that's my main mantra. Liberals act as though they just arrived on the planet. They they never ask themselves. I mean, really, they have never asked themselves, has this ever worked before? Because, have we ever done this before? <laughs> have we done this before? Oh, we have. And how did it turn out? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for example, let's say, okay, let's say you're on a date, okay, before we married our beautiful wives. And, uh, you, you know, you're a young guy. You're 21 years old. You're on a date. And you try, uh, you know, you want to impress this girl. So what do you do? You decide it would be cool because you think she likes, you know, the male body. You uh, just strip off all your clothes and you show her your, your stuff. Hubba, uh, you, hubba, hubba. And you say, what do you think, baby? And then she runs away, <laughs> right? And that, that's what she would do. Um, and, then, and then, you know, notwithstanding your very good looks, uh, Ari, and what? very, <laughs> you know, handsome physique. But, uh, <laughs> but the point is, no matter how handsome your physique um, she would still run away, right? And so you would learn, hmm, not a good thing to do.
1: Yeah, the reaction <laughs> should be she really wants it now, more of the same. Right. <laughs> so you, the
0: next date you go on and, it, you know, hopefully you have some memory. You say, okay, well, that didn't work. And, and then you go to, uh, to her and you, and, you know, you keep your clothes on and you say on the second date, well, I really like your breasts, and uh, I think you you're really use hot. You the word breasts, right? Right. Well, no. Let's say your breasts, and say, and I'd really like to bed you tonight. Okay, and then she runs away. Also, okay.
1: So uh, why well, that didn't work? <laughs> that
0: didn't work. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the third date, you go, and you say, uh, you know, to yourself, um, you know, you try a little bit more, and you kind of lean over for a kiss on the first date, and she still doesn't like it. She runs away. <clears throat> And then it's sounding a little bit like Groundhog Day, I suppose. But anyway, the, the, the fourth date—if she's even willing for a fourth date—well, I thought uh, these were different. These, girls. Yeah, actually, these yeah. are different girls. So let's assume these are different girls. So <laughs> oh, not, God, girl, not, not, now you're going out I and you out sit, the thing. Yeah, and so you go out and you the, on, on a fourth date with a, a fourth, a, a different fourth woman, and you say, "What a pleasure it is to spend time with you tonight. You look lovely tonight. And uh, what can I? Uh, what would you like to have for dinner tonight? And and then you, after pleasantries of other sorts, you talk about music and life and love, and, and you say, No, please, tell me more about you, right? And then you pick up the tab, you walk her over to her apartment, and you say, Wow, that was really nice. I'd like to give you a call again sometime. Would that be all right? And she says, Sure, that'd be nice. And maybe, maybe you give her a pecker on the cheek, and you say, Good night then. All right. Well, basically, and, and she'd probably say, Oh, no yeah, problem. and off you go. And you say, "Hey, that works, <laughs> right?" I show a respect. Respect works, okay. And uh, you know that's the way. I, it took me some time to learn that. I, I wasn't. I was never like the first three, of course, so to speak. Those well, guys were idiots.
1: Of course, it took. But
0: you, but oh, you learn yeah. about respect, and you learn about treating them like a lady, and that's that. That works, okay. That's that's internal wisdom with your own personal history. But liberals don't. Imagine that there is a history to liberalism at all They they, they just,
1: don't remember the bad dates
0: No, they don't remember all, any of it Nothing of it So they keep on repeating the first date example that I gave Which is, hey, let's take off all our clothes Certainly that'll work because, you know, women like sex just like men do And so if I'm ready for it Then she's going to want to think, have the same thing that I want uh, It turns out not to work It doesn't work at all uh, So you've got to try something different, my liberal friends and, and they just don't do it They won't do it
1: and we conservatives have two advantages. Number one, we're not idiots, so we remember the bad dates and we do something different. Right. And we have this thing called the Bible, which is a storybook that tells of other people's bad dates from times of yore.
0: Oh, very good. Bad dates. Oh, good. That's right. They,
1: bad dates The <laughs> Bible,
0: times of there it is. we, we got to figure that out into the title of this podcast. Um, the, the, right the Bible now. is but a, a history of other people's bad dates. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so so that's really the essence of it, right? I mean, I mean we're all, we're smiling here, we're laughing, but it's it's actually true, isn't it? We're, we're learning from other people's mistakes. That's what it is. The Bible teaches us about other people's mistakes.
1: Yeah, from Adam and Eve to Nebuchadnezzar, we see all yeah. the screw-ups. Yeah, yeah, don't don't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for example, Jacob, don't favor one child. Look what happened. With the Joseph story, Joseph likely uh, also in the same story. Joseph was too arrogant, and he didn't see the jealousies of his brother, uh, of, his, of his brothers in plural. Um, you know, don't don't uh, David uh, did some horrible things at yeah, the same don't time.
1: Don't covet that guy's wife. Yeah, I'll look to how to start a war because of that.
0: And don't have many wives because that, then you end up. I mean, there's so many different things you can learn from the Bible. Basically, learning from other people's mistakes. And nothing like that happens in, uh, among liberals. Nothing. I mean, t- seriously, nothing happens. And then, so, so, so here's, here's the ultimate. You know that expression? Insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? That's the definition of insanity. I'm sure there's other definitions too. Albert Einstein's too. definition. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what it was. You, you, you think you're going to get the same result. You, you're not going to get the same result. Sorry, you're going to get the same result if you try the same thing over and over again. And But that's what liberals do. And that's why, in some sense, in that one sense, they are insane. To think, again, with the stimulus package, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it reminds me of The Simpsons. There was an episode where the kids are looking are watching the TV and you know, Star Trek uh, 6 had just come out. So you see the kids watching Star Trek 23, and the subtitle is so very tired. <laughs> and you, they're very old in the Star Trek 23, Kirk and Spock and all that. And they, they literally, they're all white-haired and everything. And then Sulu, you know, who's the um, the coordinator for the... He has, he's got the comms. He's com. the bus driver. He's basically the bus driver. And he says captain Klingons on starboard and then Kirk looks and he says, again with the Klingons <laughs> slaps his forehead, it's hysterical and so you know, I want to say, you know, again with the stimulus, you know, again with the high taxes, again with the, the minimum wage, again with the equal pay What? what is it, Do, haven't you seen that it doesn't work over and over again when has this ever worked And 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 you you argue till your face is blue, and they still think that it's a great thing.
1: Can I throw in one other thing, which I think is another layer which makes it all worse? If you look at where liberalism has succeeded, that's in finger quotes, around the world. And by succeeded, I mean took over and amassed complete power. Liberalism always tries to impose something called year zero. Communism in Russia, the idea was to create a brand new world. Unmoored from the tired old ideas of the past. Oh, whoops. That was actually a line from Obama in 2008. Oh, but I see. Cambodia, Pol Pot, they were trying to remake Year Zero. Yeah. The whole idea of liberalism, when it acquires total power and imposes itself in these utopian fantasy kind of political constructs, it always tries to create a new world in which no prior knowledge from the old world crosses that... Uh, firewall into the new There is no knowledge We're going to relearn everything anew But this time the way we learn it won't screw us up In other words Your analogy of Liberalism being insanity Is more Tangibly and terrifyingly Real than you could ever imagine Because that's exactly yeah. what they do do they, they, uh, The cultural revolution In Mao's China They tried to destroy all the old things So that no one could learn from them yeah. It's so yeah. tragic
0: It is, it's a tragic situation and, and if you are a liberal, my dear listener um, You need to understand That you're just going in a circle like a, like a hamster in the wheel You'll never get anywhere
1: Or like something in a toilet bowl Spinning around yeah. being flushed
0: just being, you, You're going nowhere Your policies, your ideology Your very thought process Is without basis There's no foundation to it There's, there's nothing you can point to and to say, well, this worked before. The best that they have, Ari, is simply to say, well, look, you know, Bill Clinton was, was president during a very successful time in the 90s. And so, therefore, you know, it's the association game. Yeah, they'll they'll play that.
1: break you if that happened.
0: No, <laughs> wow. no, no, no. I, I, I never had an association game with Bill Clinton or otherwise. No, no, I, I, I knew that. I knew that. I, I, and I, I've said it many times before yeah, I'm just that. Yeah, okay. He got ahead of the parade, and he just—he was very clever. He—he got ahead of the parade. He adopted the conservative policies as though they were his own, and took credit for them. And, and st- still to this day, he takes credit for welfare reform, which was really the greatest achievement that he did during his um, his tenure. So, but um, you know, Bill Clinton—he—he he revived the Democratic Party in a way that nobody before him could have. Before Bill Clinton, the, the best that the Democrats had was John Kennedy. I mean, really, that's it. It wasn't LBJ. It certainly wasn't Carter. And then comes Bill Clinton, who basically uh, who claimed that the era of big government is over, um, but really was forced to have limited government and forced to adopt the Republican values. And, and that's good But that basically allowed it, it breathed life back into the Democratic Party Because they felt okay we can have another Bill Clinton again So we'll see
1: And all he was Is just a good actor In other words they say Reagan was an actor No Clinton was the actor Oh, he was superb. And the act that he performed He pretended to be a conservative Yeah. Remember in the primary he ran against Jerry Brown He positioned Jerry Brown Who was advocating for a flat tax He made Jerry Brown seem like a commie <laughs> If you remember the night Yeah I do and you know, it was oh, yeah. all, uh, you know, I'm basically Reagan,
0: right, <laughs> with a funny. D. Okay, so um, it, it all comes full circle to what we talked about before about, you know, why are we conservatives? Why are we the kind of conservatives that we are today? We, we, we shouldn't be conservative or liberal. We should, we should be Americans first with tacit understandings about certain things. I mean, for, for, we, don't, we don't argue whether or not we should be breathing oxygen, Right. I mean everyone breathes oxygen. It's assumed we all breathe oxygen.
1: Give liberals a chance. They'll <laughs> <can> argue
0: for. <laughs> okay. Um, it's there are a lot of assumptions that we make. We assume that you want to have lunch and dinner. It's a, that's that's a fair assumption, right? You no assume
1: one, you eat when you're hungry, you t- you sleep when you're tired. You assume we, you drink water yeah. when you're thirsty.
0: We assume that we want to have a vacation from time to time. We assume that you want to educate your kids. We assume a lot of things, right? It it, it the, the conservative values, what I'm trying to say is that conservative values are, should be, are things that should be assumed. It should be so basic. Of course, limited government works better than, than big government. Of course. This is so basic. Of course, uh, low, you know, low taxes are better than higher taxes. Of course, a simpler tax system is, is better. Of course, low regula- uh, fewer regulations is better for the economy.
1: Of course, yeah. going to someone for decision-making processes affecting your life, who you know and you deal with on a daily basis, will make a better decision more likely both for you and for everyone else rather than a faceless bureaucracy that doesn't care about you.
0: Right. We conservatives are constantly sopping our, our foreheads and saying, I could have had a V8. You know, it, it's it's that simple. It's that that, that epiphany that we have, uh, that we had a long time ago. And it should have been obvious, blatantly obvious, uh you know, as soon as America became such a powerful country, so quickly. Uh, anyway, people people don't get this, and so how do how do they respond to it? They respond to it by saying that uh, we became successful on the backs of slavery, And the backs of uh, sweatshops, and the industrial revolution. The natives, don't right, the natives. right, Native Americans, and we, um, you know, it's it's all a it's a corrupt foundation, and and, and we must undo everything as a result. This is the way they think. Never mind that Take uh, even today's America, of the past 30 years or so, it's still the growth rate is so phenomenal compared to anything in the past, uh, compared to any other uh, country in the world. We, we look at ourselves and we say, you know, really these are the fights that we're fighting. Why? Why, why should we be fighting this? I remember once a long time ago, and, and we'll wrap it up as, as we talk about this one point, I think, we started off by saying we're conservatives because liberals make us conservatives. We shouldn't even have a distinction between liberals and conservatives. It should be, like I said before, whether you believe in, in, in breathing oxygen or you don't believe in, in breathing oxygen. It, it's, it's, it should be as absurd as that. But unfortunately, here we are. Here we are. I had a, a, a Jewish friend once who was very, um, I wouldn't say hostile to being Jewish um, he was a French Jew, and he said it to me in French, and in French it sounds nicer, it sounds more, uh, more powerful, but effectively what he said was, I am a Jew because others make me a Jew. In other words, he defined his Jewishness because other people had, his, had, had identified him, ha, him as a Jew and they were anti-Semitic. Therefore, it brought out his Jewishness. If, if only they tolerated him he wouldn't he would just blend in society is what he said now i think i think that was a stupid comment on his part i think there is all sorts of reasons to to embrace your jewish identity uh, even in the most peaceful of one, and wonderful times and most understanding of times judaism is not like the army in israel that we talked about which has to exist only because enemies exist but nevertheless it was a it was a point that he made that that always resonated with me But we are conservatives today because liberals make us that way. We wish we didn't have to have these conversations, but we do. And here we are. Here we are. My friends, always a pleasure talking to you. This is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.